hey, 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 this is Shelly Shell with another episode of Evolve Women's MMA. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, we had some history being made this weekend, and also some ending of some women's MMA history. So without further ado, it's me. <laughs> And if you like the show, please listen, like, you know, love us, like us, share us, comment. Let me know how the hell I'm doing on facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. So, yeah, this weekend, um... We had some history being made at Bellator 174. We had Marlos Kunin versus Julia Budd. And it was a great featherweight title fight. It was their first inaugural one. Um, What's really great about this is it was an awesome fight. I mean, it went four rounds. It was a tough fight for Malos Kunin. Julia Budge is dominated, but, um, you know, that, that chick holds her own, man. I don't know if you, you know, if you know... If you're new to uh, women's mixed martial arts, you're you may not know Marlos Conan, but she um, has an exemplatory, like just awesome record, and she um, has last. She's the only chick that has been last four rounds with Chris Cyborg. You know, I mean that that in itself is is commendable. Um, uh, but it was it was a, a good fight, and um, a Julia Bud won uh, with a nice ground and pound. She took uh, Marlos down, I think, every round, and basically, you know, held her down in her own corner um, and just dominated the fight. Uh, she won with ground and pound in the fourth round. It was good, and then Marlos Kunin um, announced her retirement. So that was kind of a a sad thing because we really enjoy seeing her fight. She's really technical and great fighter, um, and would love to get her on to find out what she plans on doing next. And with that, we went to um, the UFC. Had an awesome fight. Uh, their strawweight division um, was against Amanda, uh, Amanda uh, Cooper versus Cynthia. Calvio, and um, that was like, oh my God, talk about technical and some beautiful maneuvering. And I guess uh, Cavalio or whatever, she took the fight really late notice. Um, she trains out a team alpha male. Um, that explains kind of like, I mean, this this fight ended in the first round. This chick did a Tominagi. I mean, like you don't see that too often. And Tominagi is you kind of, it's a sacrifice throw where, you know, your opponent, which uh, Cooper was coming at her, she sat down, rolled over, and then she rolled over her body. She went with the momentum and then landed on top. And uh, that was uh, to Cooper's demise because Cavalio uh, caught uh, her in it anaconda she slipped out of that she rolled with it and then she kind of she folded her body in half took cooper's back and then rolled her again and was fighting for a rear naked choke um you know cooper tried to defend the choke by pulling her arms away and almost kind of got out of it but wasn't enough uh 
Cavi Leo ended up uh, getting the rear naked choke and sunk it in and won in the first round. It was looked like a really beautiful win for her. Um, she pretty much uh, dominated the fight, and uh, my uh, applause to her. But what I really want to talk about tonight is um, the farewell show of Hook and Shoot. Now, if you don't know Hook, if you don't know who Hook and Shoot is for women's MMA, it is one of the sole supporters, the beginning supporters of women's MMA. Uh, the promotion was started by Jeff Osborne. And uh, this guy started in 1996 and uh, had a 27-year run. And uh, he did a lot for bringing women's MMA up and out there and bringing, um, you know, it to light for women uh, and for the world to see. He did a lot. He risked his own. He, he actually put up his own money. He, he, would, he put up his own money and lose his own money to do the shows that he did. And it was really um, amazing um, the uh, the response, I guess, over the weekend of of um, this farewell show. Um, he ran the show for uh, he had thirty eight <clears throat> different shows. Uh, he really didn't start with the women. I think it was until close to two thousand. Um, maybe 2004 or five or something like that, maybe two, I'm not sure. But um, there was a lot of notable women. You might not you might not know them, but like the notable alumni were like Lisa Ellis, Jan Finney, Megumi Fuji, which a lot of people know, uh, Tara La Rosa, uh, Nick, Nick Dolly, uh, Rivera, Kalanick, and uh, Caitlin Young, uh, Misha Tate, and then uh, Julie Kenzie was honored um, as a former champ. Uh, she got, like, I guess a nice belt from them, which was really nice. But uh, this guy is really humble. Um, he uh, really took, uh, got women out there in the public eye before, like, the UFC even came on or before Strike Force. He was kind of the proponent that. Um, well, one of the things they did is uh, he, I guess, uh, partnered with, I don't know the name of the guy that uh, owned Bodog. But Bodog um, was a promotion that was solely for women. And uh, apparently, they spent $55 million in two years trying to get that show off the ground. They they kind of went you know belly up after two years, but I mean I think they were doing promotions down on islands, but they would you know fly these girls in. I think they paid these girls really well. They um, really wanted to support uh, women's MMA, uh, which was really awesome of them to do that and and to take the risk to do that. And um, what fighters I think some of the fighters now. Uh, don't realize is all the effort that these women put into uh, bringing women's MMA to the forefront. And uh, Jeff Osborne was a real key component in making that happen. You know, you, you kind of look back and you think, okay, if, if he didn't do and put it, put his neck out, this guy put his neck out there. Like he, he invested in it and lost money and he didn't care. He just, he was like, I just really want these girls to have an opportunity. And, um, I mean, you got to respect that. That's just how many people do that, you know, that are just going to, you know, lose, 
you know, $50,000 or something on a show. That's a lot of money. That puts people in debt, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, like serious debt, right? And uh, he did that for women's mixed martial arts. They uh, had a lot of um, tournaments and uh, shows that were solely for women, like just all women shows. And uh, they're all videotaped, which is kind of a funny thing because you don't see that right now. Everything's online, it's on videos. But back in the day, you couldn't, um, if you wanted to see a fight, you had to buy the video online or somebody you knew had to have it and you're like oh can i borrow that tape so i can watch those fights so you can get a chance to see them because they weren't available i mean i don't even think there was youtube back then i mean it was just starting out you know so uh the fights weren't there but um yeah he did so much for uh the ladies it's it's amazing i mean uh it would be fun to watch, you know, to go back and, and watch kind of highlights of all those fights that they put together. I don't know if it's available out there. There must be like some video out there that has um, highlights of, of those shows. Uh, but it would be kind of fun to see. Um, and it was really neat um, for him to do that because back then you couldn't, um, you didn't have an idea that that was available to you to watch or, or to, to actually participate in a sport like that. I mean, there was nothing really like it. I mean, there was a little bit of boxing. I mean, uh, there, but something of this caliber, there, there just wasn't. And I think uh, even fighters had the same uh, response when they, when they discovered that it was available and that somebody was doing this. I mean, I remember my own... Um, reaction when I found out there was a, a master, I think it was Master Toddy out in, um, and this was even after, this was after Hook and Shoot. Um, Hook and Shoot was already in existence. Uh, they were running shows for a while. And uh, Master Toddy, I think it was out in Nevada in like Las Vegas, held a show. I think it was called like Fighter Girls. And uh, they had a lot of... Uh, they, they did this Muay Thai, it wasn't even MMA, like complete MMA, it was just Muay Thai championship kind of, let's get these girls together, we'll have them fight, and whoever wins will go over to Thailand and fight a fighter over in Thailand. <laughs> you know, that was the big win, to actually go to Thailand and fight. And uh, they had their season one, and I think, you know, it was like Gina Carano, and who else was in there? I don't, a bunch of girls were in it and uh they all went over and they had a great time and then they were going to do the the second one and um they were looking for girls to do it and i ended up i mean i was on the later side all these girls were in their 20s i'm like in my 40s and i'm i ended up uh actually sending in a video of myself and trying to get it and i did get a call back on that it was so exciting um and uh, needless to say, uh, they were looking for a certain weight, and uh, I I had never cut weight before, but uh, it it uh, it didn't fly. But I felt like I was in the running there for a little bit, and could feel that energy of like getting selected. But in hindsight, I'm like, God, I would have been like the grandma in the group. I would have been the old lady. I was way older than everybody else. Uh, but it was still kind of exciting to even be considered. Um, 
But uh, they had that, and then, um, you know, slowly but surely they had other shows. But, like, I didn't know about any of this. I remember when I did find out that Bowdog existed. This was even, you know, after Hook and Shoot was already, like, established that females were actually fighting MMA was through Amanda Buckner. I met her at a local show here in Boston. I think it was... Uh, down at Lombardo's or something, or maybe, I don't know, in in uh, Braintree or one of those places. And her husband was fighting and he's he, he did actually a suplex on a guy. It was like awesome. He picked the guy up, flipped him over and then whipped him back. And you hear the whole, and the whole crowd is going, oh my God, because you don't, I mean, it was a real suplex. I mean, like a real, real, like, you, you know, it wasn't choreographed or anything. And you're thinking, damn, that must have hurt really bad. You know, the guy that actually got suplexed. And uh, I was standing next to his wife, Amanda Buckner, and she started talking to me. I was like, man, you know, I'm looking at her and she's got like freaking tats and, you know, she's got like a short, butchy haircut. And and I'm like, oh, she's a badass. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I I just do you fight? And she's like, yeah. Like, do you train in this? And she's like, yeah, I do. I train in it. She goes, actually, I asked her if she trained in it. And she goes, yeah, and I'm a fighter. And I'm like, you're a fighter. What do you mean? You're a fighter. You've actually fought in a show. I mean, I had never seen a woman fight in a show. Never even seen boxing fight. I mean, boxing existed, but like I never seen anybody do it. And she goes, yeah, I do MMA. And I'm like, where? She goes, in Japan. For who? Bodog. I'm like, what? And and she's like, yeah, I've had a few fights or whatever. And uh, and then I discovered all these other fighters and discovered, you know, that Hook and Shoot existed. And the guy, Jeff Osborne, who started Hook and Shoot, was a part of Bodog. And this whole, you know, thing happened. This whole promotion existed just for women. And that kind of got me into it. But I never even could consider it because it just wasn't available. And I think, you know... Being a young woman at the time, if I had seen that when I was young, I would have been all over it. I mean, if I, when I was in my 20s, I would have been doing this for sure. And um, so nowadays, you girls have no idea how blessed you are because of these people that paved the way that were there. And that, you know, uh, even the fighters, the female fighters that had a home with these people that provided... Uh, these opportunities for them to fight was huge, huge. And it's still, it's still in its infant stages. It's still, you know, not infant, but maybe like a, a toddler. Uh, women's MMA is still, you know, groundbreaking. It, it's, it's not completely there. And if you understand, like, even how the UFC has been, you know, the UFC has been around for, I think it's been close to, it's over 20 years now. But women's MMA has only been really in the forefront right now um, for the last maybe five, six years. That's not four, five, six years, something like that, you know. And and there was a lot of slow, steady pushing to to get it to be in, say, the UFC. Uh, but there was all these other key components that. Uh, were really essential to to um, lay the foundation so women now have that opportunity. And 
you know, one of the things is, you know, if you're out there and you're starting out as a as a fighter and you, you want a piece of the action, you want to get in there, you want to, um, uh, you know, have those opportunities, you do need to toot your own horn. And you, you, you have to um, make yourself known. One thing you got to do is you got to win your fights. So you got to train hard. You got to train and train and train and not just, you know, mixed martial arts. Study, you know, Muay Thai kickboxing or boxing or wrestling. Study those things, learn them, and go piece by piece and really um, get the foundation and the core of it um, because it'll make you more of an exceptional fighter, it'll make you a champ. You know, if that's what you're looking for, but then also work on those other things, being able to communicate, being able to speak uh, publicly. You know, Ronda Rousey got dogged after her last loss. Oh, she's a one trick pony, all that. But she was very well rounded and very well versed in the fact that she could present herself to um, the community and to the general public and hold that light and that that platform and and do well in it and that's why she made a freaking ton of money in it because she was able to do that uh, another one that did it but didn't take it to the level that um ronda rousey did was uh, gina carano who was a, the the beginning stages or the 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 original kind of she she was the face she was the pretty girl and it's you know it's these pretty women that kind of, uh, you know, our culture looks to. We look to beauty, uh, but there's beauty in a lot of different things, and we just have to change our perception on how we look at it. But, I mean, they helped build it because, God forbid, nobody wanted to see somebody get beaten or slammed or uh, a woman, you know, having her face punched in or something like that. The guys didn't want to see it, but that changed very quickly when they saw all the technique that was being used, the skill level that was being used. Um, it, it was just, you know, uh, an, an amazing time of growth for women and opportunity for women. But with what is currently going on in the world today, where rights are being taken are potentially going to be taken away because of, um, you know, patriarchal belief systems that are in order, the gains that we've made, we still have a long way to go as women to, to maintain these opportunities that a lot of women fought for to get. And there was a lot of men that were, you know, supporting that. I mean, I never met Jeff Osborne, but I mean, I think if I met him on the street and somebody introduced me, I'd give him a big hug and a kiss for what he's done for women's mixed martial arts. What a cool guy. Um, I hear he's very humble. I, I hear that the women that were involved with it highly respect him and um, have a, a big heart feel for him. And um, I don't even know the guy, and I do too, because uh, he definitely uh, did some real good there for, for, for the ladies in, in, in a sport that wasn't um, available. But it, it's above even beyond that. It's just for women's empowerment. It's for women in general, for all the things that we've, the rights that we fought for to be able to 
um, be free and and be equal and have equal opportunity um, to to perform as you know athletes or anything else that we choose to do in our lives. It's a re- a representation of that. Um, so. You know, when you're out there and, uh, you know, if you have either, you know, uh, you know, you look at Ronda Rousey and everybody's like, oh, she was so, um, what do you call it? Uh, not confident, but like, what's the term I want, Nick? Uh, she was kind of, you know, people thought she was, um, cocky, cocky yes. And, um, I was like, what the hell was wrong with that? I mean, her whole thing was rowdy. She was doing a rowdy, you know, Rodney Piper. I'm like, duh. I'm like, so she's going to act like kind of like, you know, and push buttons because that's kind of what he did. And that was that was what her that was her whole kind of, you know, she had a game plan there. I mean, at least that's the way I always took it. And I was amused and entertained by it where other people were so offended by it. it, Yeah women being offended by it which I thought was funny I mean I'd been out a few times into bar rooms and watching her fight and people were so glad like oh she deserved it and vengeful and stuff and I'm thinking wow you know it's kind of an act I mean maybe Rhonda believed uh her you know some some things but some of the things that she said I don't think she believed I think she was just saying it for the media and she was you know she was getting people riled so they watch the show and the UFC made money and she made money and whoever was fighting her made money. I'm like, that's a that's entertainment. And I think it's silly that people don't see it that way and they, they dog her, you know? I, I always, I, I think the women that, um, the alumni here, the women that uh, were in the early stages and kind of saw the UFC, I mean, saw women's MMA kind of growing and, coming out, uh, totally get that because they themselves were out promoting. You know, if you're a new fighter, you gotta promote yourself. And you can't expect anybody else to do it. You gotta be a Conor McGregor. You gotta be a Nick Diaz. You gotta find what it is in you that is gonna push a button in the public eye to get seen. You gotta toot your horn out there to get seen and to, to, to make yourself something if, if that's what you truly want. I mean, the belt is one thing, but make yourself known. Get, 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 there's gonna be so many other women that are gonna be coming up now that if you really wanna stand out, you gotta, you gotta make yourself known. You gotta kind of give yourself a little bit of a, a character, a little bit of edge. The, the women that are, have kind of bland personalities outside of there or, you know, it's like, okay, they're good, they're okay, but right now we're in a day and age where, yeah, you gotta kind of let it all hang out a little bit, almost, and be a little noticed. I mean, I mean, look how long it's taken even Chris Cyborg to get into the UFC. And then we got um, Tanya Avenger, who's a champ, and... Uh, UFC hasn't even like reached out to her and a lot of the fighters that are in the UFC she's kind of you know she's fought them I'm like why do they skipping over these people I mean her I think Sharon Knapp is very willing to 
allow people to extend their contracts. She's, she's an exceptional promoter for women's MMA. She's really got her head in the right place and um, to help women succeed in this because she, she's even struggled to keep the promotion together. And uh, some, some fighters may not know that. They may not appreciate the opportunities that are given them. Um, and you can tell by how they might um, approach their training, um, what's given to them or what's not given to them, um, if they're gracious or not. And they, you have to be gracious and you have to be um, thankful for these opportunities right now because it's still a fragile uh, endeavor for mixed martial, for women in mixed martial arts. And even as what's going on, even outside of the sports arena, when we're looking at uh, the political environment and what's happening there and some of the things that are being taken away from women, you guys are setting an example and it's not just there, it's outside of there and to be maybe, to start to be a little bit more outspoken, especially if you're in a position to be. You know, Rhonda went out to the pipeline, you know, um, in <clears throat> the North Dakota pipeline. I mean, I applaud her for doing that. I I wanna see other, other fighters doing that too. If, uh, so be it if you're in that area, you know, to help those people um, or whatever, whatever the cause that rings true to you to help do that. And uh, I think we need to do more of that. We need to, to start looking at those things. It's not all about the ride, the training and everything like that. We need to help other, other um, we need to help the planet. We need to help uh, other women and, and we need to maintain, uh, you know, family planning. You know, what the, f I'm, uh, you know, F-bomb here. What the fuck? The possibility of that being, you know, taken away uh, that's been around for a long time for women that may be in need to use that. Uh, there's so many other things, too, that are going on nowadays that uh, there are men that support women and they get it. And then there are some that don't. And you're in that, your fighters and it's not just being in the ring. And if you are in the ring and you're doing well in there, use it as a platform because people will listen and they'll hear you and we want to hear more of it. There was one, I forgot, the girl that just did the, she talked about bullying because she felt she was bullied. And uh, she beat uh, Claudia and, uh, oh God, what the hell's her name? And, uh, <clears throat> You know, she talked about bullying. Um, you know, when you... Bullying has its advantages. But then on the other side of it, it's not fun. You know, you don't want to be bullied. But I guess we have to go through some sort of level of um, adversity. And there's always going to be bullies. And we need to stand up to them for sure and I think as a fighter there's a lot going on in the world now and we need to stand up not just as fighters 
as mixed martial artists, but as women in the world. And when we're seeing injustices, we need to kind of put that little hashtag when we have that mic in front of us and say something about it, even if people, you don't think people are going to like it or not. It's not just about you anymore, even when you're in the ring and you're getting that belt or you're winning your, your fight and you have an opportunity to get the belt. You've got to start standing up for that. And I don't even believe I just said all this, but like, uh, you know, I don't know where it came from, but there's just a lot going on in, in the world. And uh, I'd like to open this up a little bit more and start talking about these things too, not just, you know, how we are and where do we want to take women's mixed martial arts and how do we want to be in in this uh in this sport i mean there's other sports that have women's leagues but we're on a male platform and it's it's different than any other platform i mean they have soccer teams that are women they have you know women's football kind of leagues they're you know the, the lingerie ones or whatever but nobody really i mean people watch them but it's not like this where you're side by side, you know, men are boxing or, you know, men are fighting and then they have, you know, women on the main card, you know, they're, they're the main event. I mean, I can't think of anything else. Maybe tennis you could have like, you know, women and then men, uh, you know, men competing. But this is just like a huge, this, this reaches even more of a kind of a subculture demographic. It, 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 it's global, you know. Is tennis global? I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch it. My bad, duh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess it is. It is global. My bad. But um, uh, I'm just being silly. Uh, but, you know, you have this forum of... of really, you know, you against another opponent, you against the world, or you against yourself almost, you're, you're kind of, you know, going into that cage, and you got to deal with your own mind muck, muck your own fears, uh, just even to get in there, you, you know, not to psych yourself out or whatever, and, and to face this other really tough opponent. And life is like that. So, and the world around us is a bit crazy nowadays. And we are in a position to change things and to evolve <laughs> women's mixed martial arts. So once again, I just want to say a big, huge thank you to Hook and Shoot. We love you. Farewell. Can't believe you're, you're, you're going out. But uh, you laid a foundation for women that probably wouldn't be here otherwise. And... It's much greatly appreciated and noteworthy, and people should look up the history and read the articles on it uh, for what this was, what was done, and what was available, what was brought to women, and the sacrifices that were made to bring this sport to women. Thank you, Jeff Osborne. And with that, I'll look forward to talking to you guys another time. Uh, please like us, share us, comment uh, at facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. And you can also find us on Podomatic and iTunes. <laughs>